Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in. All right, all right, guys. Um, so we're just waiting a few minutes to for people to gather up, and we're starting. As you do with these spaces, uh, it does take a few minutes. Um, so yeah, let's share this space. Let's share. Um, so this space is about women builders in the near ecosystem. So I'm really excited to be hosting some really amazing uh, women in the near ecosystem, as well as our usual rogues community. Uh, so yeah. I welcome many of you to join the stage. There is Laura, and we are we'll have some confirmed guests. We're waiting for Marieke to join in a few minutes. There she is. Uh, before we start, so yeah, welcome. I'm so glad to have you all here. It's exciting uh, week day end of the week but yes i'm really excited about this space um so yes let's share let's share this space and get as much visibility because this is going to be a good one all right so yeah i am also launching uh my linkedin feeds as well where uh especially i want to get a bit more exposure on this because it's really important to get visibility about the women in the near ecosystem now i've got marieke i've got laura here as speakers uh in the meantime i know that there are a few of you out there that i would love to have on the stage so please request to speak um i think let me just invite you there right awesome so we'll start by uh, a series of questions for Marieke and Laura, and then the second part of the space, we, we can talk broadly about um, the ecosystem, etc. But for the first part, we have a bit of a, an agenda here. And uh, with that, without further ado, I know time is precious for, for these busy women builders. Um, I would love to welcome Marieke. Uh, so awesome to have you here, Marika. Thank you for for spending some time out of your precious schedule to be with with, with us today. So, hello, hello. Um, super nice to be here. And I think Anna, we owe you a happy birthday. If I was a good singer, I would probably uh, start singing, but you might not want that wherever you are in the world for it not to rain. It's awesome to be here. Thank you so much for organizing this uh, this conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Same here. Thank you. Thank you, Marika. Yes, my birthday was yesterday, so thanks for that. Um, yeah, I, I'm normally doing some sound effects, but this is a bit more professional Twitter space, so I'll, I'll skip the sound effects today. Uh, all right. So, yeah, and actually, let's do a quick round of introductions for the speakers that we already have. I know that we'll have more speakers uh, later, uh, but yeah, Laura, uh, I'm so honored to have you here. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Um, super psyched about all of these badass women um, and 
uh, so just so grateful to be building with all of you. So thanks for joining. And Anna, thank you so much for hosting this really important topic. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, and we also have Georgia on the stage as well. Hey, Georgia, how is it going? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lovely to be here. Um, really excited to see what the conversation's about. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me. Great. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked. Uh, I remember your UX workshop uh, and conversation that we had. That's my personal background. So I really appreciate your work as well. Uh, so, yeah, I would love to have a discussion about that. So, yeah. So the first thing, so the topic of this space is women builders in the near ecosystem. Um, I think this is really important because uh, essentially we know that there is a gap between uh the female founders, of course, funding when it comes to that, for sure as well. But just generally, there are less female CEOs and less female head of startups than, than males. So I really want to stress that uh, this is this is a fact. I don't have the latest stat, but it is still the case. So it's really important to also talk about the uh, uh, initiatives and how can we actually bring more diversity into an ecosystem such as NIR. And... Just, just to, to bring a bit of context, when I first came into the NIR ecosystem, that was NIRCon 2022 last year, one of my first impressions was that uh, this is probably the only uh, ecosystem out there, blockchain ecosystem with a female-led, female CEO ecosystem. And Marieke, one of the, the first quotes I remember from you was that more than 40% of the attendees at NIRCon last year uh, were women. And that really impressed me. So I really thought this is super awesome that NIR are trying these diversity initiatives and really trying to get more, um, more uh, kind of diversity in, in there as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around the strategies that you de deployed to facilitate uh, more diversity in the ecosystem in the past. Yeah, sure. And and uh, I think you're absolutely spot on, by the way, this is a very important topic. But maybe before sharing some of the strategies, I think reminding ourselves, like, why does it matter, right? And actually, why does it matter? Well, it matters because at the end of the day, if we're trying to bring technology to mainstream, the technology needs to be usable by everybody and to be for everybody. And the reality is that when we build technology, we all put our biases into how we build it. And so if you have a group of builders that is actually not diverse and and by diversity i mean it could be you know different countries and different backgrounds but of course like men women and, and just different genders if you don't have a diverse group then what ends up happening is that you're creating you're creating a technology that is reflecting the user base and the, and the builders of that and therefore it's not usable and there's a ton of examples across actually history over and over that goes from for example you know if you look in the car, where is the seatbelt actually placed and, and how does that impact actually the height of women? Or if you look at a phone and the size of the phones and actually is it adapted to the hands of the women and so on and so on and so on. But it's also very true of the code and, and how we build. And so just like as a, as a background, that's why it matters, right? Because ultimately, if we want to have technologies that end up impacting the life of millions and billions, well, it's really important to have to have a, a diverse group of builders. So with that in mind, then, um, I, and I had a similar experience to you, actually, Anna, when I when I first joined NIR, was also with the NIRCon, was the year before. <laughs> and I was also impressed because I thought the group was very diverse and vibrant. And like, you had people from all walks of life, from like, you know, artists and, and just different backgrounds. And I thought I found that very, very inspiring. 
And so then a, a lot of what we did and at Nearcom last year also, we did create an award for uh, being able to actually uh, shout out about women who were in more three, not necessarily at Nier, right? But just women, like just starting to show examples and so starting to bring up those examples. Uh, a lot of the effort that has been also done by the marketing team has been on uh, how do you demystify? Because one of the problem in our industry remains that there is a lot of jargon. And if you have a lot of jargon, well, it doesn't feel actually that it's inclusive. And, and one of the things I hear most when I talk to women who are candidates for a job, the first one of the first thing, everybody says, well, I don't know enough about the space. And my, my answer is always the same. It's like, well, I don't either. I'm learning every day. But I think it's this acknowledgement that, you know, we're all learning. It should be de-jargonized. It should be simple. And so we've made a conscious effort on, on that, right? On trying to simplify, 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 simplify. And, and I think that's how you can get them to the stats, which you're right. We had at Nearcon last year, uh, we had over, uh, I think it was 38% of women, but then we had the representation we had from countries was also spectacular. Like the number of countries that were representing, um, I think it was something like over 50 different countries. That's also magic, right? And that's when the that's when the sauce can actually uh, can actually happen. So yeah, you know, those things are why it matters. Um, and I'm sure we'll we'll get on probably later on on culture and how just a culture of openness and you know not shouting at each other also helps inclusion and, and having you know, less jargon and just simplifying and being able to, uh, to communicate with each other also is, uh, is very important. I love this. I love this uh, so much. So it's really, it's really important to talk about culture, I think, for, uh, for sure. And I really loved your point about um, that. In my experience, I've also come across a lot of, uh, a lot of women, a lot of builders that, um, are not necessarily making the step because they they are not sure that they're experts in something, right? But Web3 in general is not necessarily, it's a new space. There are many people that are not experts. So I always wonder why why certain women, for example, but it's generally, generally speaking, that happens to everyone, uh, are really doubting themselves uh, on, the, on, that, on that topic and why, um, you know, there is just more hesitation and there are stats around that as well, right? Um, that, that fewer women are, make, are, are applying for jobs when they're not uh, qualified enough, right? They have to be overqualified uh, for something. So, yeah, I think a welcome here, maybe from from all speakers here. Um, what do you think that can be done better to attract attract more women in technology, and maybe more specifically, uh, women women in technology? And Georgia, I see you there. I think your your background in UX, which is onboarding all users, maybe you, you can feed into that as well. Yeah, sure. Happy to. I just want to say I'm really, really excited to be on this same call as Marika. Um, just want to um, give her a shout out because the very first NIR event I went to in 2021 in London, um, uh, she was speaking there and it was a real wake up call for me to realise that I had never seen uh, a woman so high up in any crypto organisation uh, or, you know, um, ecosystem. Um, and honestly, that was, that was, honestly, it was one of the main reasons that drew me to Nia. I was like, okay, this is cool, right? There's somebody like me that I can see at the top who has power and influence and, and uh, you know, and and is, is forging ahead, right? Um, so I, I'm really interested in the experiences of women working in Web3. Uh, I, 
I have an interesting anecdote to say, and I'll come to your point about like bringing more women into into technology generally. But um, um, I I'm not going to name the uh, ecosystem foundation, but a really big one, not near. Um, I applied to them for funding a little while ago to conduct a big user research study on the experiences of women working in the Web3 space, right? And it was fascinating to hear the pushback from the foundation on doing this. They they went and looked at, you know, what is the average price you might pay a full-time user researcher? And they weren't willing to spend the money and they were only interested if other foundations would be involved as well. And I just thought, you know, I'm, here I am telling a whole room of guys that this work is important. Um, so surrounding myself with other women um, is really important uh, to me. And, um, and so that we can make a better experience for working in it. I think one thing that I've seen just generally in Web3 and crypto is this kind of pushback. And, and it's difficult to know exactly who this is from. But this, um, you know, the, the culture of anonymity in the space um, has resulted in some people having this really myopic, naive assumption that just because you because you can have an avatar of anything and a pseudonym, that it means that no longer are the structures in place that prevent women from accessing spaces and actualizing their full potential. And that's just rubbish. Right. It's the same people who think that, you know, um, that uh, we shouldn't be um, you know promoting people from disadvantaged backgrounds to get better better access to spaces and to to be able to access better opportunities and i think there's just something about the web three and crypto space that's not near specific at all and and this is what i think is a little bit different about near but often there is just this um this uh world of like that hyper masculine right all the language that's used is very um alpha um aggressive, um, all about maximalism, about making as much money as possible. And a lot of that is really off-putting, really off-putting and alienating to people whose lived experience is not like that. Not everyone wants to be hustling and going to the gym four hours a day and then like listening to Joe Rogan podcasts and, you know, um, and like grinding all the time, right? And and that's quite an off-putting culture, I think, for a lot of people. So, what I would like us to do is when we when we build experiences, when we build protocols, products and market them is try to grow up, get a sense of who are we actually trying to target the audiences that we want to use these products. So say, for example, all people, let's say half of those people are women, um, then, you know, we need to be spending time around them, like learning what language resonates with them and like what's off putting and what's not. We're not going to um, we're not going to eat. We might build the best products for like, um, let's say, for example, you know, uh, the, someone who might really benefit from um, crypto or Web3 could be a really busy woman working two jobs with multiple kids. Right. She's not got time to spend hours learning about, um, you know, how nodes run and, you know, validate transactions on a blockchain and may also not have a lot of funds to risk in the in the process of learning but um we've you know but so many products in the crypto space um require um time um a, a risk a, 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 an appetite for risk and money to to waste in order for those people to succeed in the space and that's that's really right we're missing such a big group of people who don't have 
those luxury luxuries. I just think there there has to be more care and attention to um, the real needs of actual people. Find the value and build the product for them, uh, rather than building the things that people want to build and then hoping uh, hoping everyone will use it. That's the end of my rant. I could keep going forever. I'll stop for a second. Thank you. George, I, I'd love to jump in here. Also, um, this is Laura and George, I, I think you're, uh, I, I love, I love what you're saying, not only from just a good product design standpoint, but then also sort of the inclusion um, standpoint as well. Um, a couple of other things, I, I just wanted to double down on how important it is to see people who look like you. Um, there's a ton of research about that when it comes to education, like Kate, you know, early childhood education. Um, and and I think that I think all of us actually just just even saying, Marie, I mean, you, you I don't know if I've ever actually said this to you, but you, you're the reason I joined near. Right. Like I was like, oh, my gosh, there is someone who I value and who I see myself in um, in this position of of, you know, influence and and um, ability to really make an impact. And so um, I think that we, we ourselves, you know, I think that that means that we actually have a tremendous amount of power in changing things ourselves. We have personal power in doing that. So as soon as you get into a position where you have a little bit of control over things like hiring decisions and culture building, um, I think that you can immediately start to make an impact. So if there is an open role on your team you know, looking, ensuring that your process for hiring is actually indexed on, on diversity. And that doesn't mean that you should just go out to hire a woman to hire a woman, you know, for, for the sake of that, but um, that, that you're making sure that you're intentional on the decisions you make around recruitment and about the way that you have your job description and the language you use to your point, Georgia, um, about, you know, about that being really um, inclusive. And so I think we all actually just on this, Twitter space um, can actually really, really meaningfully change things. So I, I feel empowered by that for sure. And then I think um, the other piece is, you know, uh, is is actually just in your like communities, you know, build, building connections and building community, I think is also so massively important and, uh, and impactful. So um, I think often this idea of like, how do you overcome <laughs> you know, decades, you know, probably hundreds of years of, um, of, of really, you know, ch challenging imbalances around power can feel really overwhelming. But I think, you know, just small things that are things that seem relatively small, I think can have a huge impact as well. And if I can bounce on that, like the, it's so true, the bias, right? Because a lot of what, what we've been mentioning here is actually, biases and and sometimes just like the words we use we don't even realize the impact it has on the person in front and so for example there's a couple of free tools that are out there when you write a job description and if you pass that through the tool it will tell you which words you're using that are actually gender bias and that therefore will be off-putting for certain candidates to apply. And things like that are very important. Here's another thing that people have been saying here, but in an interview loop process, if you don't see someone else that looks like you, then you're definitely gonna think that the place is not for you. And so thinking through that and having role models that you can also you know, showcase and think about and, and, and basically have is really important. One, one point I wanted to come back on it that has been mentioned is confidence. 
I think, and this is also maybe, you know, tens of like hundreds of years, but just generally speaking, one of the best gifts we can give each other and to women is confidence, confidence building, cheerleading, supporting each other and just saying, yes, you can, right? Because there is definitely a lack of confidence, mostly in women. And it's, again, there's data around that. And so how can we actually also counter that? Because it might look, you know, easy to someone to say, yes, actually, you know, he or she has the confidence that I don't have, but actually confidence very often comes from your peer network and your, and the group around you who continuously cheerleads and say, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can. Yes, 100%. I think it's really important to talk about uh, the mentorship and the the need for that. And personally, that's something that, um, you know, I've, I still have to improve on, right? Um, having, having people, I have quite a lot of people, I have the community behind us, of course, but also on a personal level, it's, it, it's, it's quite tricky. And especially as yes, finding, obviously, the film, female role models as well around you, that's also um, very, very important. Uh, and yeah, I just I just wanted to uh, touch on something, Marieke, and just because I know that you have, I may have less time today for for, for the space. Um, and the, as of the news yesterday, uh, we just want I would just want to say on the behalf of everyone here, I'm sure that uh, you will be missed in the near ecosystem. And I don't know how much you want to say on this topic, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But um, at the same time, you know, it's definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, miss you, and I, I know I will. And I, I see this from a lot of people in the ecosystem. So uh, thank you for for doing what you've done so far. And uh, and yeah, maybe you want to talk a bit about the uh, NDC elections that you've taken part of as well. Yeah, look, thank you. And first, like, thank you so much to um, to everybody. It's been actually uh, overwhelming. I will tell you that yesterday, the, the amount of um, of messages that I'm getting, as I've mentioned, you know, I will continue to have a very active role on, in particular, the, the council of the foundation. And so most people might not know, but actually there's a board um, that the the CEO of the foundation reports to. And so it's also the job of that board to make sure that the, the direction is steered correctly and that the the spans are, you know, done adequately and, and so on and so forth. So I'll have a part in that. Now, NDC, who knows, right? Because this is, we should definitely talk about NDC. I think NDC has been, uh, and I'm sure most of you have seen, um, uh, it's been it's been brutal out there. It's been, it's been very aggressive. Um, I, I think I, uh, you know, the number of women that are actually uh, running for office uh, is very low. And, and I know that, you know, we've talked about that also uh, as a group, but because back to the points that were mentioned earlier, there's actually, you know, this, this uh, aggressiveness and it feels that it's not, it's not easy to participate. Um, and actually, I see we have Blaze here on the call and I want to give a huge shout out to Blaze for the heroic efforts um, to have brought together actually, uh, you know, NDC and, and, and what it will look like. Um, and yeah, you know, I think on NDC, one of the, the reflections and for, for the next term, which will be in six months, is how can, what can we do to actually get more diversity into it? Because what I see right now, honestly, it's not acceptable. It's just full stop, not acceptable. Uh, one, the number of women that will maybe, might be uh, into, uh, into those, uh, those chambers. Right now, it looks like maybe we'll have uh, one or two uh, candidates um, out of the three chambers. So yeah, I think definitely there's a lot of learning there for uh, for the ecosystem. 
you know what? It always starts with awareness. So the fact that we are actually uh, talking about it and, and acknowledging it and in a way being uh, furious about it, uh, I think uh, I think is, is important because that's the first step, right? Um, yeah. But uh, by the way, I can keep going. I canceled my next call to just stay here and hang out. So <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> Awesome. Great, great. And yes, absolutely. So we at Rogues here, we we uh, we had a couple of spaces on the elections and we're, ta we're taking part. So um, definitely, I think it's important, right? So there are a few hours left, I think less than eight hours or nine hours, something like that. So whoever hasn't voted, let's guys, if you are near and can vote, if you are, have the I am human badge, go and vote because it's easily important to have representation. Um, I'm personally voting. I've already voted for one of the houses. Um, I'm yet to vote for two more, but I was kind of waiting for this space as well to hear if there are more women that I can vote for. So it's good that we're doing this right now. Um, and, um, and yeah, so uh, I think I also wanted to talk about the uh, the near horizon accelerator. So I have Laura here, and I because to this week was the kickoff week for the near horizon accelerator, and there were uh, multiple startups selected. We at Rogues were lucky to be one of them. Um, but what I really noticed is how many uh, obviously the near the near horizon team has a lot of uh, a lot of female representation and there are a few female founders as well in the cohort. So I was just wondering if um, yeah, Laura, if we can talk a little bit about that and and you know the what do you think of the current situation is when it comes to female representation in in startups from that point? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's abysmal, right? <laughs> like to be completely blunt, like I, I think um, we we tried. We 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 um, our our goal was that we were going to have you know a lot more female representation from uh, from the perspective of founders, um, and uh, and and it was it was really challenging to do that. You know, I'm I'm amazed. I'm like amazed and so happy that we have. Um, you know, you and and the other handful of, you know, of female founders that we do have. Um, and I think probably it's it's greater representation than in some cohorts, honestly. Um, but to me, it's it's just it's not it's not good enough. And so um, I know and Jar Jared, who is also um, instrumental in in sort of the, you know, um, marketing and also, um, you know, going out and, and speaking to different communities, sort of part of, of trying to recruit um, is, is also, you know, incredibly committed to increasing the diversity, not only in, in gender, but also just in terms of, you know, um, in terms of, of other factors. So it's something that we we care a ton about. Um, and it's something that we're we're trying to tackle through, I think, by, you know, by sort of trying to find out more where where do female founders kind of tend to hang out right and like tar targeting those specific groups um and again trying to like reduce the barriers of of entry um but i think i i want to hold all you know my team and and all of us accountable for um for really increasing the representation you know within horizon um and again it's something we think a lot about you know on on our team as we make hiring you know choices and and run processes but I think uh, the the recruitment piece is huge too, um, and I mean I would love to hear from some of the the female founders in, on this um, space as well about kind of you know how how do you how do you navigate and how do you um, how do you sort of find your way and have there been are, are there ways that you know um, groups like Near Horizon can 
be more supportive and, or even just like, you know, find, find you better. Like where, where do you, you know, where, where, where do you hang out? What, what, um, what, where are places that, you know, are, are sort of accessible because we're, we're learning a ton and yeah, we'd love to hear your experience as well. Awesome. And I think we have Tatiana, who, who is the founder of VSELF. Uh, we actually met last year as well on the NearCon, Tatiana, and uh, good, to, good to recap again a, a year later. So, yeah, well, welcome. Tell us about you. Yeah, thanks for invitation. Glad to see at least some representation of female founders in the Horizon team. And addressing the question, like, where it's all coming from and where do we hang out, I really appreciate the work that many female communities are doing, and not only female, but for diverse founders, uh, like Herdow, like several others, like Women in Web3, Shifi, we can name a few. And that's uh, one of the first important steps to create the space where people can join without the fear that they're not technical enough, that they're not nerdy enough, or they don't have particular experience in Web3, because as was already mentioned previously, when you come to some of the Web3 or crypto spaces, people starting competing who is the smartest person in the room or who is like the main OG. So having these spaces uh, between uh, different ecosystems in Web3 and inside near as well is important. That's what we were trying to create last year during NearCon, uh, dedicating one of the hacker houses specifically for diverse founders. So I think that's uh, still like a great initiative that we can continue like growing and developing inside. And I guess many of the listeners here are contributing already and ready to continue doing this. Awesome, awesome, and I think I think it's great to have the, these initiatives at a, at a, uh, obviously at any level. Uh, but I think for me, the gap really becomes, and this is I actually checked the latest stats, and they're less than ten percent. Um, so according to PitchBook, in two thousand twenty-two, company founded solely by women generated just two percent of the total VC capital. Think about this, right? I think for the mixed uh, teams, it's a few more percentages, but it's still less than 10%. We are a mixed team in in Rogues, right? I admit that it's not, uh, you know, my co-founder is, is male, so we are a mixed team, but it's still ten, less than 10%. Um, so that's what we are, we are we're tackling. We try to tackle this, right? We have to tackle this in my mind. And I get really passionate about this, to be honest. Um, but yes, I, I really welcome your thoughts, guys, because, you know, VC startup world is a tough world, right? VC capital is, is fundamental when it comes to uh, the survival of the startup. So having this bias and having this stat is just not okay, right? You have to have... Um, equal representation in that area so so then the the startup can turn into scale up and then can influence everything everything after right um and yeah i wonder marieke if you have any experience uh, and any thoughts on this because obviously you've seen startups at various levels so why do you think that there's less vc funding in in in, in female led startup well i'll start by telling you so Near has a lot of backers, right? A lot of venture capital. And I don't know, over the last two years, I probably talked to hundreds of VCs who are in, in Web3. I think I met 
five women, five partner women, something like that. That's where it starts. That's where the first problem is. Because guess what? Then the it's a self fulfilling it's a self fulfilling thing, which is like if you are not speaking the same language, then the person that you have in front of you might you might be judging that you know they're not aggressive enough, they're not technical enough, they're not like all the things that you're looking into the typical uh, founder or the typical team that you want. And so the the problem with funding is definitely also a problem of like the reflection of the teams that are actually doing the due diligence and 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 having the conversations and you see that across the the vc world in many different uh, industries right you actually see it like femtech is something that is now being invested on and and you start seeing developments on it but it took years right because if you go to if you go to a vc and it's it's a it, it's basically a group of male and you explain to them, you know, that you have an app that can maybe help, you know, better understand periods, then guess what's going to happen? No one is going to understand it or no one is going to think that actually there might be a market for it, right? I'm simplifying, but that, that's, that's uh, one of the problems. And I think uh, that's where, in particular, when I look at Web3, at least with the experience I've had and with the hundreds of backers that I've met and the very, very few women that I've seen, I think that's where when I see what Laura is doing, it's very important because having a woman at the helm of, you know, something like Horizon and therefore being very conscious of the biases that are there and therefore wanting to address that and making an effort about it, I think is really important. And I wish, and, you know, <laughs> I wish I have this, you know, I have this idea of maybe, you know, a fund that is actually dedicated to funding women who are in Web3 and who represents that and who can actually, you know, showcase and push that. I think there, there are definitely things on doing that. The problem would be one fund amidst like, you know, hundreds of them, right? But that's, that's in my experience. And from what I've seen, that's where it starts. Um, I can, you know, so relate to some of the, even as, you know, a woman CEO in the space, I, I'm not, you know, I haven't been like, other CEOs. And so even like when I have this conversation, it's quite different from, from how they will handle it. Right. But I think it's it really the, the problem of funding is not necessarily just on the founder side. It's also on, on the funding side. And then on the founder side, what I would say that I would have experienced is that this idea of risk taking, um, and, and I'm sure many women have, have this experience here is like, it, it's daunting to look at doing a startup. And, and when you actually say that you're going to join a startup, well, guess what? your family, your friends, everybody around you is going to say you're crazy. Maybe you should, you should have a more stable job and maybe you should actually, you know, do something that's, you know, going to enable you to accommodate whatever is deemed normal, right? So and I think in our, in our social construct, there is also a lot of expectations that are being put on taking risk is not necessarily for women, right? And the reality is, yes, entrepreneurship is very, very hard, but you can also find more freedom in entrepreneurship because you can actually, you know, you can, you can actually decide it and you build and you can, if you want to go 200%, you can, but if you only want to spend 50% of your time on it, you can, right? So anyway, so just some ideas on that, but I think, you know, one of the things that I find is, is a mission that has to be tackled and accomplished is, on the side of backers and venture capitals, in particular in Web3, there's just not enough women, like just not enough. And, and that's therefore going to be a self-fulfilling loop that if you're a woman and you're pitching to just guys, it's, it's intimidating, right? Especially if you're be told that you're not you know, technical enough or um, that your idea is not good enough or, or whatever. I can certainly say as a, you know, as a as a founder of a of an organization uh, that does 
does a type of work that a lot of you know maybe more traditional uh, well uh, not traditional where a, a lot of web3 vcs just have don't understand it and don't really understand what it is it's doubly off-putting to to start pitching and uh, it's something that's been on my mind for a while about seeking you know external funding um and you know, i i would feel a lot more confident going for it if i knew that there were women vcs that i could go to first honestly that's how i feel well it sounds like we have something to take on as a mission just saying i think from my experience uh i <laughs> well clearly i'm a, a female founder in the gaming area right so i have a lot to talk about in that area but one thing is is definitely vcs are yes you go in the room yes it's male dominated world there is one interesting stat it's not me saying it but there's some research suggests that generally speaking vcs will be asking harder questions to women such as instead of presenting the opportunities such as for example uh you know how big do you think in the market is right how are you going to go about this they'll ask something like where are the challenges for you right what do you think why do you think that your figures are not big enough um so that's proven by research but you know it's it's another topic uh, so we, we we have we have Naomi here in the room that's raising uh, her hand so uh hey hello i just had a random idea on the topic of vc pitching you know how for musicians they also found the same thing that male musicians would get more of the orchestra gigs just because like the jurors were all male and then they put a um curtain in front of the person performing and suddenly it was pretty equal so i was just thinking maybe you could do something similar in the realm of vc pitching i mean of course a lot of it is based on like the person's background but maybe it all shouldn't always be so it could be an interesting experiment especially in the crypto sphere right where people can be anon and don't have to always be putting their real face to the yeah product or service they are providing that's a great idea and it the same has been applied to um to obviously uh, job applications as well. There are platforms that uh, eliminate gender after the application. And yes, that does help as well. So there must be some bias in, in, the, in that area. Um, and by the way, at this point, uh, I welcome anyone to, on the stage to ask any questions. This is not just a space for just females to talk, actually, uh, guys. Feel free to join the uh, join and ask questions and and present your opinions as well, right? It, it's really important to have more of a debate of everyone being together. Um, so I forgot to say that that it's not just females invited to the stage. Uh, but yes, we have we have a, a hand there, Tatiana. Yeah, talking about the VC perception, I think especially like from last experiences, pitching a lot less half of the year. I see that's also a game of networking because if it's a new person, you have only like five to 20 minutes talking about your project and you're a new face for them. Obviously, all the biases that we mentioned over here are in the place. So I think it's important to have this intermediate process because these biases go like less 
negative and less powerful when people are already familiar with your work, with your background. You stop being like a random woman <laughs> pitching to them, but come together with the experiences that are behind you. So I think in this regard, like initiatives like Horizon are great because we have the time to kind of get some exposure and get more like eyes on us and not only be female founder, but like represent all this initiative that we are working hard on. Great point. Um, I mean, yeah, that it is definitely about the results and obviously the strategy and everything that you have to, you have in place. Um, so I think once we solve the issue of access, I think in that's not, not just for startup founders, but just in general, uh, and go in the right place. I think ev everything else is going to uh, sort itself out, right? And if we have this, this, these role models, like the people, like the people on the stage. Um, uh, again, thank you, thank you so much for being here. And yes, if if you guys uh, have any questions, uh, we welcome any questions as well at this point. Uh, I see some of you there. I see, I see uh, Jared near Big Brain. Maybe you can talk about the the VC and and female led startups, for example. Um, yeah, and yeah, Laura. Um, so a question for you. Uh, there was more about the the near horizon accelerator and just the um the next stages. I think a lot of people here may be uh, wondering what what, uh, what it is and uh, what's the next stages. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Near Horizon is really meant to be a startup support platform and community. So what that means is, you know, it's it's a place where you can come and find connection and support um, to be successful in the Web3 space. Um, we recently just launched um, our HZN fellowship program. And that is a program that brings together a group of around, you know, 30 founders for really intensive community building and learning experiences. Um, and so, you know, some amazing uh, HCN1 founders are actually here on this space and Anna and Tatiana are both, both in, which is amazing. And Georgia is actually contributing incredibly meaningfully as well to that. So huge, huge thanks to all of you. Um, but the, the, big, the big sort of uh, goals of Horizon is that we have a very ethos aligned set of people who are working to make one another successful. And this is really, you know, not a zero sum game, um, which I, I think again, in, in sometimes in this space and getting into the VC friend, you know, frenzy, it can, it can feel that way. But um, that, that I think is very anti the ethos of web three and definitely anti the ethos, you know, of, of sort of like why I joined this space for sure. Um, so we're, we're really excited about, um, about the, the cohort program, the, the fellowship that was just kicked off. So the, the first one um, is, is ongoing right now through December. And then we are going to be launching uh, the next cohort in January um, and planning to run two cohorts a year. And again, the goal is to keep these small and intimate and really experiences where you can really meaningfully connect and learn. Um, so uh, really excited about, you know, about that um, and, and where we're going in the future and just to have, you know, a group of amazing founders who um, are able to build and build without distraction and be successful.
Awesome, awesome. So, so any any women on this space uh, that are, are looking to to start uh, just now, would you would you say that it doesn't matter what stage you are? Um, can you, for example, can they look into applying maybe for the next cohort? Absolutely. Yeah, we um, we're actually intentionally, um, you know, really for early stage builders. So even if you're at the idea phase um, and you maybe have, you know, some some a little bit of prototyping done, but haven't really even built on testnet yet. Um, that this this program is for you. So we have we have a whole track for idea stage founders. Um, we, we also are supporting people who are a little later on who have already released to mainnet. Um, and are now thinking about scaling. So we've we've kind of differentiated our support into different learning tracks depending on where you are in the journey. This is this is this is a great initiative. And um, just speaking of that, I just had an idea of essentially bringing mentorship into this equation. So I wonder if uh, any of you uh ladies uh offer such services to i personally i personally i'm more than happy to to mentor and to get um any any uh females that are wondering where to start and so my dms are open so if 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 any of you uh ladies here want to start a business or um have need help you can dm me but i wonder how can we just create this mentorship network where any any anyone just starting out is not afraid to ask for help and i'm talking specifically about the female audience here i, I, I welcome all these ideas because to be honest like when i was starting out i didn't know where to start myself and again it just goes back to the lack of role models so i wonder how we create this network and i know that there are a lot of women groups out there i'm actually part of many but i feel that on one on one there is probably less going on right it's lacking the mentorship of the role model so i welcome any ideas from from any of you guys yeah naomi yeah i mean funny you mentioned when you started out there was nothing when i started out i was in japan and it was 2018 so i was always in a room with guys in a suit always guys in a hoodie and I was always the only girl. Um, and often they thought I was just the assistant until they realized I wasn't. But um, yeah, I mean, you did mention there's already a lot of organizations and I think what's missing maybe is some coordination between them because I'm a member of HerDAO. I also used to be a mentor at uh, Unit Masters, but a lot of these programs, they're very like time limited. So let's say it's... Uh, three months and you learn all the basics of blockchain, right? And crypto, or it's 18 weeks and we teach you everything and then it kind of um, runs its course and then you lose touch. So I think what's maybe missing is something that's a bit long-term oriented and maybe more flexible. And I don't know, I think maybe somebody should just build it on blockchain so that people can uh, connect and keep track of each other. But yeah, I think the challenge is often to fit it into the schedule is what I found. Because you sign up, you're super optimistic. So you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do these five different programs for the next three months. And it's totally not going to be a problem with my job and the three volunteering gigs I do. And then you realize it is. Um, so yeah, I think maybe having a mentorship program that is highly flexible and brings people together 
um, could be a thing. And I know a lot of these initiatives, they have like matching algorithms, right? Um, it's then just maybe having an accountability group in a sense that would help. And yeah. So I don't know if anybody is building something like that. If not, somebody should. Yeah, that's um, such amazing ideas. And I, I love, um, we, we were actually just talking about this on the Horizon team, kind of what what is the most valuable aspects of mentorship and being part of a program, you know, like what we're trying to build at Horizon. And we, we kept coming back to that accountability piece and how, how do you um, really structure, you know, ac accountability so that um, it's, it's mean, you know, it's meaningful and, and it means that the person who's going through the experience is actually, um, making, you know, big strides in what they're trying to accomplish. Um, and so for Horizon, we, um, the, the goal is actually to really leverage, you know, you all who are part of the Horizon One cohort, um, as alumni, right, that who can, who can help you know, future cohorts be successful and um, and really meaningfully engage with them. So we're, we we are building that out right now. And of course, uh, Tatiana and Anna, you you guys are sort of getting a firsthand look into the into the building, right? And so always uh, your your feedback and and thoughts and just help in in building that out would be amazing. But the goal here is that we are creating this community of people who stay connected even after, you know, the specific fellowship is is over. Um, and I love the point too, that, you know, you have to, you have to be thoughtful about how, um, how much, how much you're asking of people and how, how much time they really have to give. Um, and so finding really specific ways that people can, you know, provide, you know, meaningful feedback in like an hour, um, I think is, is something that, um, we're, we're thinking a lot about as well. And so really open to ideas that people have, we're going to be experimenting with a few things, but, um, but super excited that there's an appetite for that, you know, and that we believe that, you know, people, even people here just on this space could actually really meaningfully participate. Yeah, I think I think this is a, a, probably a good uh, bridge to our next, uh, our final probably topic, which is um, I want to ask each of you, what would be the advice that you would give to any any uh, females starting their startup journey, or more broader as well, their startup and I would say broader technological journey that are probably curious but are afraid to start. So. I'll start with you, Marieke. So what will be the, the, the advice that you'd like to give to anyone? I think the advice is trust yourself. It's uh, less scary than it looks. And then the second advice would be find your crowd. And I think we've been talking here a lot about like, you know, mentorship and allies and finding role models and like being inspired. I think, I think there is a very, it's, it's very true. Find your, your cheerleaders and your supporters. Um, but yeah, advice number one would be actually trust yourself because the, the no you're going to hear a lot everybody's going to tell you it's a bad idea or that you shouldn't or it's too risky or it's not for you or what is it and so on and so forth so yeah just just two advice yeah bu building off that I, I totally agree on um on on both of those aspects and I think one I don't know if anyone watches Ted Lasso but I, I think a lot about the like be be a goldfish kind of advice which is like you know 
um, you're going to hear a lot of no, you're going to hear a lot of you can't do it. You're going to hear a lot of like, the, you know, you made a mistake and you, you did this wrong. Um, and you kind of have to be able to let it roll off of you and kind of forget, right? You have like sort of that short term 10 second memory of, oh, I don't remember that happened. Um, so I think, um, I, th I think that is actually really important and having sort of having that mindset um, and, you know, it's, I think the other thing is like, it's, it's okay. Just, just the advice I would have is like, it's okay to take up space. Like, I think sometimes we as women, I, I know we as women are taught from a very early age. I see this in my daughters. I have two daughters um, that, that it, as a woman, you are supposed to be small, right? We have, that's the reason we wear the dresses we wear and you wear high heels and it's to restrict your movement and, and to, you know, you, you can't, you can't be big. Um, and in order to build and to build something that has tremendous impact, you have to be big. And so don't be scared of that. And, and I would say, um, you have it in you. And, um, so be big. Yeah, I would agree with everything that's already been said here. Um, one of the biggest, um, I, I wouldn't say regrets, um, but, uh, maybe a mistake uh, that I made when I first started out working in, in this space specifically was, was not feeling uh, like I knew enough of the answers to have an opinion. And actually what I realized is that everyone's got an opinion and no one has all the answers. So definitely take up that space, put your opinion out there. You know, opinions are not, are not very precious. And I, I felt that I had to back up it back up all my ideas with masses of evidence and that would just slow me down and just make it essentially impossible then to feel heard so um i i am breaking that psych that that behavior that i have for myself um speak up get your opinion out there um other people are goldfishes as well you know like what's a really big deal to you may just be a blip in the ocean to somebody else so just don't hold back and like you know and ask people ask people questions ask them for help and yeah keep plugging away but um don't don't be quiet and it, and under the assumption that all these other people with very strong opinions actually know what they're talking about I love this. I love this. Exactly. Be, be, be loud. <laughs> don't be quiet. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. I think this is really important. And I even made a joke earlier this week with the, the near horizon. I said, you know, a lot of people tell me how I've, I'm a little bit on the loud side. Uh, I'm like, um, when, when I present, I, my voice projects, right? And a lot of female are, are females may be afraid of that. And I feel, even myself, sometimes I'm thinking, am I too much? But as of recently, just realizing that at the end of the day, we should embrace this in ourselves, right? Um, if you feel this way, just be true to yourself and... Um, Yes, we should we should really not be shy and we should really pursue our goals and dreams. Um, I think, Naomi, uh, did you want to say something um, on this topic, on this last question? Yeah, sure. I think you should find friends who are, um, where you can ask anything, um, who are maybe also in this space, because that really helps me keep sane and whenever I hit a new low, at least they can understand what I say. Um, 
So yeah, and of course, if you find this kind of peer group that Marike was referring to, where you just know, okay, there's a bunch of supportive people and they will be ready to answer any question, then that's the best way for you to learn, where you just have like your safe space. And I guess if you talk to any of us here on the panel as your first touch point with crypto, you're going to have a very different journey than somebody who learned about it because of a Binance referral link. Um, so yeah, I think the, the first real experience in crypto, I think is very important for somebody. And if there you find the right people, I think that's gonna change your whole trajectory. Awesome, awesome. I think it's probably a good point to, to end on. So uh, finding the right people matters. I'm personally very happy to have found uh, the near community and the people on this stage and beyond. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is it is a fight that we need to uh, do every single day, but I think it's easier to do this together, to do this with integrity, to appreciate everyone around us, to look up to our role models. And of course, people, ladies and everyone else, do not forget to just stand for yourself and ask and, and just... Um, in a nice way, pursue your dreams. So I think it's a probably a good uh, point to end on. I don't know if any of the speakers want to say anything else, uh, but there, I think we're at time. Thanks again for everyone uh, today. It's been it's been amazing to have you everyone here, Marieke. You will be missed, uh, and I'm so glad that I could I could get to speak to you this week, Laura. Georgia, Naomi, Tatiana, and the other ladies that uh, I couldn't invite today on the stage that, that, that didn't probably see the space. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And yeah, let's fight together and let's build together. Have a great weekend, everyone, and thanks for coming. Thanks all. Thanks.